This episode of No Fun City is brought to you by the Dharma Temple in Vancouver. Check them out at thedharmatemple.com. Thanks. You know, how long have I known you for? Uh, I I think it's like from birth almost. I, it feels oh, like. I think, I think maybe you were six years old. <laughs> that's right. And thank you for bringing me back to uh, my old stomping grounds CLQ. out here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Grew up right down the street, so yeah, feels nice time. to be home. Yeah, I honestly think the last time I saw you was the New York trip. Yeah. If you were there, I don't even know. Like for sure, we were debating if you were there or not randomly it seemed out of nowhere you went from being the everyday Cena that I knew and I mean I didn't know you super well but it seems suddenly your life took a spin into full-on yoga is it are you a yogi is that what they refer uh it's hard hard to say it's like uh it's a it's a lifestyle choice to be aspiring to be more yogic Mm -hmm. which is more like seeking connections in your everyday life as a and being a little bit, uh, putting a little awareness towards consciousness or that kind of aspect of life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I would say aspiring to be a more of a yogi. Okay. Yeah. So I remember, I think it was a few years back, you were in Thailand. Or the, That's right. You were in Thailand. Yeah. I remember you made a uh, time-lapse video where you were doing yoga. From, from night, from his, it was... Uh, it was like dusk, dusk till dawn. Dusk till dawn, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. It was crazy. It yeah. was dope. It was really nice. Awesome. If you still have that video, send it to me because what I do I will, is I yeah. post that stuff on the screen for, for sure. people to see. Um, and that's where I gauge the interest of oh, like Sima's doing yoga. Not only are you doing yoga, you've probably got the most like flexible, bendable body I've ever <laughs> seen in any video or photo. Which also amazed me because, as I said, I didn't know you were doing yoga. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were even into yoga. You know, I just thought you were seeing out. You were doing whatever, right? I thought you were traveling, just living life. But why don't we first start in with diving into how you got into yoga. But before we do that, I want to remind the viewers and the subscribers that if you subscribe to my channel, you will be entered into win. Tentry hat of your choice. So once we hit 200 subscribers, we're going to give that sucker away. Um, you get to pick the hat, so you can go on the website, pick the hat, and I'm going to buy it for you. So hit that subscribe button and like and comment and share and all that jazz. Um, but yeah, Sina, tell us. Tell us how you got into yoga to begin with. What year was this? Yeah, when I got into yoga, you know... Um... For some of the aspects that maybe people see, like when I do a little like those little videos of myself doing some yoga practices or the the postures, usually we call that yoga propaganda (laughs) because it's like an external expression of like what, you know, yoga is. And nowadays I uh, maybe I don't practice it like that anymore, but I do definitely share that aspect of my life. And that was kind of how I was practicing for a few years. And I know when you said like you really got into yoga Nowadays, it's just like my lifestyle. Like, I don't even think about think about it. It's mm-hmm. just like what I live, talk, breathe, behave in that way. And um, I guess we'll talk more about that for your listeners to know what, what, what the perspective of yoga is. Because 
a lot of people just see it as the physical aspect and i think that's like beautiful to see and it's great great like like i said propaganda and, and great promotion and gets people's attention and then it makes them like think about oh why are these yogis always talking about like love and peace and compassion and like where does that fit in so i usually i'm nowadays i'm really like um, big on trying to bridge the gap of the knowledge of that but how i really got into it um you know you said the the scene that you always known and i i feel like i haven't changed very much i just found that yoga gave me like a platform and some tools and techniques so that i can like be more myself and i think that what happens for most people in society is that they live their life until like the world begins imposing on their own values or what's important like when you're a child you're like i want to be a musician i want to be an actor i want to express myself in a certain way i want to speak in a certain way and over time people kind of lose a little bits of these the, themselves and i found that you know a yoga practice allowed me to like really step into who i wanted to be so that i could be open with that and it's like that was really really powerful and then i became came into a place like oh okay i want to be this and when you are this you can share this so now that's kind of my thing is that I like to um, live myself as a lifestyle practice, creating like a life that I love, that it's sustainable and harmonious. And then how do you share that? Well, I just share it myself and come into space and do that. Um, for, for my journey, like most people that come into a big change in their life, I think it comes from a place of like, it had to get worse before it got better, right? And uh just growing up great lifestyle loved loved you know loved growing up in Quitlam. had some good homies like yourself had some good friends around uh and then i think the big shift was you know after university uh i graduated as an engineer and worked for a few years um for some different consulting companies and in canada mostly like mining resources that kind of thing and felt like I was like, I, I lost the intention of why I was doing it at some point. Why that, were you doing it? Well, I, I love engineering. I still love doing it. And Wait, what kind of engineering? Civil? Electrical. Okay. Yeah. And then it's quite general. I always think like engineering is like a mindset. It's like a, how, how to approach something. And I think like you always want to invent something. You always want to create. Like I want to be creative. You know, I've always been creative. I've always been into like the arts. I've always been into DJing, music, skateboarding, and that kind of thing. Just expressing myself, being being uh, free and creative, and engineering was a way to can bring together the arts and the sciences to express myself. And then at some point, it became a job. <laughs> where where when I say it became a job, it's like I'm just I'm I was working for different intentions that I wasn't so connected to what the projects that I was working for okay. but I was just more of like a hired gun and I think that when I think people need to work for like their 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 own intentions like I'm not against by the way I just want to be clear that I'm not against like any uh, commodities or resource-based industries or anything like that I actually think they're great I have an iPhone has a bunch of precious metals in there and I have love you know, I drive a car and okay, you know, I can come and go around the city and I travel and that kind of thing. And I'm yeah. fine with all that. But I think that what happens is that um, 
humans kind of begin to skew away from like why they're doing the things that they do right you get a job because you're passionate about the work that you're doing because you want to create something so you can share with the world and then eventually that thing that skews a bit and for me i just felt like whoa on the surface i had this like just got out of university had like a six-figure job and is and yeah yeah you know on the surface killing it right like right away six-figure job had a had an apartment downtown vancouver was traveling had tons of free time tons of free time within that um you know hit up like all the music festivals around the world had a lot of enjoyments had all the pleasures and yet there was a, a sense of like something isn't satisfying me here right mm-hmm. in this facet and then and i saw that within the the some of the industries is like you you lose why you why you're why you're doing this mm-hmm. right and for me doing yoga and with being in it it's it began to be give me like the the inner guidance to figure that out right like unlocking what people would call your intuition like you know you know that maybe maybe taking that job isn't exactly the thing but on the surface and from social norms it may be the right thing right and on the surface hey how could you say no to a six-figure job right outside of school kind yeah. of thing right i think a lot of people don't comprehend what you're talking about right now you know what i mean <laughs> i hear you yeah yeah, yeah. I, no i respect that yeah but i i understand it yeah you know but i was always free will like i always did what i wanted you know yeah. what i mean like for even this podcast like i don't have to do this i just do it for fun because i enjoy it for sure so similar basis i mean this doesn't make me money mm-hmm. you've transitioned into yoga but it also is a business kind of for you now, right? Like, I mean, you don't do engineering anymore. No, I don't. Right? No. So how did you let go of that? Because money, I mean... It's important. It's and good. I mean, you yeah, don't have totally. To, you, you could still do yoga and do engineering. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You could still go to the yoga For sure. Class. For sure. And one thing I want to talk about yeah. in a bit will be the difference between yoga practice in the sense that I feel like there are these moms that just go to yoga and leave Mm -hmm. but then what you're talking about is a completely different type of yoga it's like a yoga on another level yeah um but rewinding back to the whole engineering thing how do you let go of that how do you let go of that money for that slight bit of happiness yeah well well the thing that people seek for the money like say somebody is like you like you said most people are just living for the dollar and they're thinking i want the money well why do they want the money why because it'll make them happy mm-hmm. right essentially it'll make them happy that's what the, their thought process they buy is. a house buy a car you know yeah so that they can be happy yeah. generally and i think that that's the premise and i think that hey you gotta have money if you don't have money you're, and and you, that and you're thinking like that you need to be happy mm-hmm. right you need to get you need to get that to be happy and that's kind of where most people are at i think that's okay um and and even for myself like i i definitely need to keep a certain standard of living to be comfortable to be able to you know get around to be able to you know do what i love yeah but 
when when you begin doing like a yoga practice i think you kind of tune into like what is the things that are truly valuable in your life and money is valuable but why do you want the money right it's quite surface it's like hey i have a family i love my family and i really want to support them and i really want to do the, the job that i do so i can maybe get more free time to spend time with my family mm -hmm. so when you start situating your life into a, a categories of values or like what is truly important right having the time like for yourself having whatever you do for to make make your income mm -hmm. And then doing, having free time to do like the passion projects, like the podcast, having the, these conversations. I think you have to put the value towards what is important, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like taking the time in your life to, to, to organize these things compartmentally into like what is really important. And once you have your values in place, then you, you can do things with... So what are your values? <laughs> what are my values? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's right. Because at some point, my whole point right mm -hmm. here is like, at some point you said, forget this, I'm going to go do yoga every day. Or you know what, like yeah. my focus is yoga. So like obviously money wasn't the factor, right? So mm -hmm. what was the final straw that kind of you determined, you know what, yoga for life and forget engineering like will you ever go back to engineering or will you you know would i ever go back to it yeah it's hard to say like uh i i'm, I'm kind of i have troubles like putting things in too many boxes like mm -hmm. i think i have a, an engineering mindset and an uh engineering approach to most of my my um what my offerings like and how i teach and like the systematic approach i do run a business so i do create like little you know, engineering projects within that just to like, you maybe not electrical specific, but just like the mindset, my, the, the approach. Um, but I do, I do get involved with, you know, like that kind of, like what I learned in the past had prepared me for what's coming up in the future, really. Um, and if I can go back to like what, what, like the steps of yoga, like you said, like there is, there's the, the, the mom in the suburbs that has a little more free time well i think that's that's they got to do the yoga that supports their lifestyle right you need to do something that supports your lifestyle and what we see is like yoga is a physical activity to make the body healthy well the, the key to making the body like the reason you make the body healthy is that if your body's not healthy you can't think properly so how can you really situate what's what's really valuable right so Okay, fair enough, but like, how you differentiate between the soccer mom yoga practitioner person versus you? Because like, I, okay, so Dharma Temple, for example, yeah. when I look at the photos of all of you guys, or all, you all, it just looks like you're all professional, crazy acrobatic yoga people that can do these crazy moves that like if i was new to yoga yeah. i wouldn't go there because i would be afraid <laughs> yeah I'd be totally get, out of my element we get that you know what i mean so like there's this lifestyle that you're talking about that i didn't even know existed mm -hmm. until just right now totally when you go when i think of you going to go do yoga i assume you're going there you're teaching your class 
whatever, you're doing some yoga, you guys are maybe doing some group thing, and then you're done, and you go home. But for you, the way you're explaining it is it's actually a lifestyle. Like a true yogi or whatever is like a full-on lifestyle, not just going to yoga for an hour a day. For sure. Well, well, if you, like, here's an example. If you wanted to uh, get someone to work on your lighting in this place, in the, in the, in the house, mm-hmm. would you get just anyone that, like, knows a little bit, or would you get a professional that spent the pro? The pro. So when you look at that, like say you need like an electrical engineer, not to plug myself or anything, but if you need like an electrical engineer to come in, you're going to get somebody that has been trained, that has spent the years and their knowledge, that is passionate about what they're doing, that keeps working towards giving you the, the newest and improved, best updates on, on, on options and technologies that they can bring. Mm-hmm. So for myself, as uh, somebody that wants to provide a service... You know, I, I live my practice. I live I, I live the yogic lifestyle. So for me, it's like if people are, I know there's like a bit of like hesitancy of the everyday person try, wanting to maybe come to Dharma Temple because of the way, the way that, oh, maybe I can't do that. I can't get my leg behind my head or whatever it may be. But wouldn't you want to learn from somebody that has been there that can guide you? Of right? course. Yeah. It's no. like, and, and I, I think like, it's like an overweight uh overweight um personal trainer or something like what you wouldn't take advice from somebody that's a personal trainer that hasn't had the personal experience themselves so for me i i i practice in that way i practice uh in a deeper sense mostly because that's like a way that you can provide that guidance to others mostly on a spiritual level i guess right Mm -hmm. on on the deeper level so that's kind of what why i feel that you know i i love this practice i love the way what it the mental clarity it gives to help navigate and and it gives a lot of um a lot to everybody really so we get when i get people that come through dharma temple it's like there's not really a certain group it's not like just people doing physical practices like we get mostly musicians we get people that are working going through university that are growing we obviously get some people that you know are just everyday people that are just doing some sort of practice that helps them keep their bodies healthy, of course. But, you know, we get people from all, all facets of life, right? Mm-hmm. There's, and I, I think uh, a yoga practice is to balance your own individual conditions, whatever they may be, right? Okay, so you left engineering, right? Yeah. And then did you open, like, the business, like Dharma Temple right away like how did that how you went away for a while though did yeah you so 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 the going away was like the education like mm-hmm. practicing to be the professional it's like you know for myself like uh having done you know uh an educational approach uh to engineering i i feel like i had to do a lot of work to be a yogi to like see what that's about right so i really committed myself to it practice and that's when you saw me in thailand and and spent some time in india and lots of time in london and new york city i go to frequent new york city that's where my teacher is is at and seeking out the best teachers seeking out the people that have come before me and for me that's always been like 
that was like kind of an educational time in my life of like learning about like where where is yoga now like what are the different forms of yoga what's it really about and learned quite a bit and then I eventually came back to Vancouver um, where my myself and my business partner we uh, he, uh, opened a space so we opened up Dharma Temple eventually and we started sharing our own way our own way of sharing yoga there and how long have you guys been open there for? We've been there for three years. Okay, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, <clears throat> backing, like, backtrack a little bit. Sure. So, how long did it take you? I mean, I don't know if you were doing yoga while you were in engineering. Were you? I was, yeah, I was. But yeah. were you more doing just, like, the mom class? Yeah, you go you know, for, like, a half hour, hour a day I, and come back? I, I had an interesting experience because the first yoga class I took... I, I definitely, that was like a turning point right away for me. You know, I was grateful. I was probably at the right place at the right time. I was already going through like some, um, some shit with my work. It's just like, I took this job and it just was like not aligning for me internally, but I wouldn't, didn't have like the, the confidence to like make it, make a change. I was like, oh fuck, the money's too good. Or, you know, like they give me weight like on the surface the job is good but then there's some repercussions that weren't in alignment with you know what i really wanted to do mm-hmm. so um for me when i took my first yoga class i did feel like oh wow like this is powerful like i definitely felt like physiologically my body was healing i've had a uh, meditative experience to the slightest and i was like wow that's incredible so i just kept on going and then you know, I just I just kept on going deeper and deeper and practicing and then going away for work and coming and practicing daily. And eventually uh, I found like I saw the benefits physically. I saw the benefits mentally, even with my work. I, I just felt clear. And it was interesting because I was like progressing in the work. But those things that were that were out of alignment in my life like whatever they whatever they could be there could be like diet stuff or relationships that need to like be um redefined or my work relationship needs to be redefined everything slowly started shifting a little bit here and there and then eventually came to a place where i was like i just i just can't do this anymore you know mm-hmm. i i'm i'm pulled too much in this other direction and that's kind of what the natural natural flow for me so I took my time, you know, you can expect how it's like, if, if someone has like a skill and talent to like play the guitar, well, it's hard to make a living playing the guitar, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, and yoga is a similar thing, you know, I don't think it's something that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get into it to make a living. Yeah. That's, that was never my thought. So I, I did work for a while and, and that's why, I, you know, I, I had a conscious approach to how I was kind of like phasing out of that and I knew I had a lot of skills and talents in like business commerce economics engineering and I have these other things so I was I'm not really I wasn't really worried about like if I would survive and at this point you know it's interesting as I was I was think I was pretty destined to have my own uh, yoga space mm-hmm. because I do have those other skills and talents that help support that uh, the business as well right and as along with my own personal practice and nowadays I don't really take care of the business side we kind of like um, delegate a lot of that and I more do an overview and then 
share most Nobody of the classes. Nobody wants to do admin work. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. That's every everyone I talk but, to. That but it's a, it's 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 a necessary part of it. Of right? course. I mean, yeah. it has to happen. Mm-hmm. But like ninety nine percent of people that I talk to that don't want to run their own show mm-hmm. tell me it's because they don't want to deal with the business side of things, mm-hmm. like the administrative business, like paperwork, whatever it may be. It's interesting that you mentioned that because yeah, nobody. Wants, I don't want to do it either. <laughs> but um. Okay, so it seems that you were in a bit of a better position than most, though, to do this. Because you had worked in the engineering job. You probably had some saved up from the awesome pay, right? Yeah. So I'm sh- that helped you. That probably helped secure the decision of, I can, I can now let this go, move here, and still feel safe. Yeah, I was I was able to navigate the situation pretty well. Like obviously, like you know, there was a point where I was like, okay, I can uh, I feel like I'm ready to switch, and I probably stayed on for a bit longer. But it's, it, I think like that all comes with due time. Like everything happened naturally. Every every action came uh, set up the next action for myself, and it it lined up perfectly. But like I said, I took I took a a long time off. Where I was just traveling, finding teachers, finding masters around the world, practicing, traveling alone, you know, practicing, living off a, you know, like a simple, light yogic diet and just living like that for a while. And I think that, you know, as as simple as that could be, you definitely need to have uh, preparation on how to do that. And, and. I, I don't think that was my, like, destiny. That's not, like, my purpose to, like, live, you know, in a cave, alone, secluded, with with little means. I don't think that was my, my calling. I think, uh, you know, I've had that experience. And I think my calling is, like, being in the city. And um, being a person that is, is of service, really. Like, that's, that's what really makes me happy. You know, that's the truth. It's like what what I do now is like my favorite thing is going to the classes, sharing with the students, having people come that are ha- have had an experience like mine in the same form or in a different facet with whatever it may be, whatever relationship they have with mine was with with my my work, let's say. Mm-hmm maybe a relationship with their work or with their personal relationship or the relationship with food or relationship with, you know, their, their habits and tendencies that they want to let go of and transform. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, that when I see people like healing from this or able to become more empowered or become healthier, so they think clearly in their everyday life and to act from a, a, a place that is more connected to like what's true to them, that that's that's what I live for. Okay, so yeah. how have you been so? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's get to how the re- let's get to the real, real stuff quick. now. <laughs> how long did it take you to get so flexible? Is another question that I had because I mean I'm going to show videos and photos of, mm-hmm. of you, so like the viewers are actually seeing that right now as we speak. How does one go from being like me, where I can't even like I can't even straighten my leg, like this hurts. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do I go from that to Sino's body that's just like Mr. Elastic? Yeah, well... And I mean that in a complimentary way. Not I hear you. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, everyone everyone loves Gumby, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think I think you need a call like a calling for it, right? You have okay. to see it as important for one. Yeah. And yeah. and I think you, you kind of need like need a little bit of an understanding of that, because for me, I I respect like I love I use a lot of what what is going to be shown on the f- the footage mm-hmm. as a way to put something out there that draws attention. But I also care about like what what I, what the teaching is involved because a lot of it takes years of commitment, a lot of it has more physiological benefits than just bent like stretching my muscles mm-hmm. and bending, placing my bones in a certain way. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of different deeper physiological um, benefits that are taking place, like glandular function that people don't think even think about. Right. How to keep your your um, adrenal glands calm so that you, you know, you don't go into flight or flight too easily, which is a common problem, right? How to keep your thyroid healthy, to, to keep your immune functions high, how to stimulate your pituitary pineal gland, which is a lot of studies for now, to be able to create clairvoyancy, clairaudience, to, um, you know, cultivate your inner intuition, allow the natural intelligence of the body to be, like, find its organic way to go. And for me, the physical practice is a great Form. It's only one form of yoga, so it's there's a lot of different ways of approaching this the the purpose of yoga, mm-hmm. but I think for me, it takes it within a physical practice and within like deep listening and the breath and more. What it takes is a lot of time, consistency and time. Like, hey, you want to stretch your legs, stand in a forward fold, but can you do that for ten minutes? Doesn't no. sound. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Well, you can practice, and then over time, it slowly increases, right? Yeah. One, two minutes, three minutes, and then eventually you'll be able to, like, shut off the mind, just stay, and then you'll, everything will change. And I think that, that for me, I think that working towards that and experiencing that, like, physiological ability of becoming completely, like, um, sedated to that ex- imposed experience of what the posture is bringing, right? Mm-hmm. Does, do, you, can, do you know what, no, you know I, what I mean there? I totally get it. It's like it has a, it makes you feel a certain way. When you're in a posture, you're like, I want to get out. When you're stretching your leg, like, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. And can you stay? Mm-hmm. Can you stay resilient? Can you stay there? Can it, and that experience begins chal- uh, increasing your willpower. And when you develop your individual will, well, you're able to inco- use that practice of increasing uh, your individual will your gains <laughs> you increase your will and then eventually you can learn how to do that into whatever aspect of your life you want to do right totally it's it like direction um, in the summers it's only in the springs and summers because weather here is crap yeah i do you know david avenue i i do yes i run all of david yeah all the way to the end and back for sure it's super long for sure i i don't know 10 kilometers yeah or something, right and i'll do that like i'll start Early spring, I'll start and I'll only do it once a week because just the first time I do it, my body feels like crap, mm-hmm. right? Like it just hurts everywhere. Then it gets up to the point where I'm doing it three times a week minimum. And you're right in the sense that like once I start feeling that burn, I get halfway because I'm going uphill, right? That, that incline. It's like a slight incline. Slight up. incline, but it gradually gets more and more yeah. and more. And you get to this top point and it just goes down and flat. It's beautiful. Then you come back and you got to go up that slight. Yeah. Then it's downhill and you're rocking it. It's awesome. Um, 
but yeah, near the end, I just feel that burn, it hurts so bad, but once I do start getting in the three days a week or more, I find that I love the feeling of the burn. Meaning like it hurts. Yeah. I hate it, I want it to stop. For but sure. like the next step I take, it just feels good at the same time. Yeah. I think that's the same kind of feeling that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think like running is a great it's like a that's the thing about yoga practice. It's some of these are like specifically designed to get what I'm speaking about. Yeah. Right? Get get the benefits I'm speaking about. But running does that as well. When for like a marathon runner, what's the first thing that gives up? The mind. Oh, the right, body, right. the body goes can go a lot longer, yeah. right? Like you see people like dra- like their body's going right to the end on, on like a marathon, and they're just like dragging it, right? It then it starts to go a little bit, but for most people, their mind goes first, oh, right? Nice. So if, if you look at a yoga practice, yeah, there's like the physical part, but you're using the physical to get into the mental aspect of it, and then that's when I love what you said because you're like I, you begin to love the burn. When you start to get that mindset, it's like it's like a switch in your your awareness of life that you're not just seeking like the easiest thing. You're like looking for, oh, like not like like you're becoming an emancipator of yourself, but you're trying to think of like, oh shit, here's what's causing me problems and suffering, and I'm gonna go right for it. Because you know that when you start feeling that burn, you're like, yes, this is where the gains are. Mm-hmm. This is where I can improve. So can you go back and talk about, you were saying how some, I guess some of the exercises you do benefit your body in certain ways. So can you give examples of that? Like, like are there specific ones that are pretty generic yeah they they all they all have different benefits obviously like some are targeted for certain parts of the body i usually teach practice that is is a bit more like i don't know i i want to say holistic in the way that it's well-rounded that you can target like every aspect of the body um and 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 on every level i think like i hope i don't miss these the the levels but it's like your skeletal structure, your uh, muscular structure, the cardiovascular, right, blood flowing through, the um, endocrine system, glandular functions, right, the nervous system, right. In yoga, there's some subtler aspects that they talk about, but you know you kind of want to hit everything. And a good way that for the physical practice, when I like approach it. You know, like when you say, like, I can barely stretch my legs. I really don't personally think about my legs when I'm in a yoga class. Mm-hmm. I mostly think about, well, what is, what do, what is Western, like, what is a Western approach to thinking about mental clarity? Well, they think about the brain as mental, the mental clarity. Okay. And the brain is connected to your spine. So when I think about opening up the, using the body to, to, to develop that benefit, usually I access it through the spine. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So as the spine being the center channel, I I would say that most of what I do, I, I, I think about the spine and what it's doing and bend it in every way possible. And there's only a few ways that it does bend. Mm-hmm. Forward folding, back bending, lateral movement, right? And twisting. Okay. Right? That's what you can do really so 
and then there's obviously like for um, cardiovascular, you can go upside down. There's a lot of benefits doing headstands. There's a lot of physiological benefits. Helps drain the veins of the legs. A lot of lots of people's legs are inflamed, mostly just because you're upright all the time, and then the blood blood begins to pool there. The thighs and quadriceps are like where you house most of the blood in your body. So it's kind of good to drain that out and then flood the other parts of the body and then bring it back. Also for the heart, the uh, valves of the heart, there's four valves, two, two are pumping out. And when you turn upside down, it gives them a break a little bit for a period of time. not a long time, but you know, it gives them a break so that the heart can begin pumping more regularly to bring more circulation to the body. So I think for me, like, I usually break, I've gone through the work to break that stuff down. I have the understanding. Most of, uh, I offer uh, teacher trainings every year. And this is where we kind of like teach the teachers about the stuff. And each class I bring in like a little teaching on like where, what can benefit what. But really it, it eventually becomes a holistic approach, right? It really becomes like, when you can clear your center channel, your spine, and you can think clearly, this is what the yoga poses are for. Good health. Like, let I don't want to get too esoteric on it about all, all the details, but if you have good health, when you can think clearly, you can make good actions. You can make the right decisions. That's that's it, right? So for me, if, if you can be healthy in your spine and you can keep your spine tall and your chest is open and you're feeling confident, you're usually making actions that are like connected to your what you you want to do it gives you more direction so i just try to get allow the physiology to speak right do the practice that makes people feel tall makes them feel confident makes them feel royal or whatever you want however you want to phrase it but once you start feeling that way you can make they people will make their own decisions totally i'm confident but i have the crappiest spine and shoulder ever (laughs) yeah that's right well, you know, I do my best. I do my best to sit up like this as best as I can. But eventually, five or ten minutes later, I I'm like that because I I work. Yeah, yeah. Like I just do for sure. Digital media is what I do, right? Respect. So I'm just like, and my you could see, you know what I mean? Look at my body, right? Yeah, yeah. That's my bicep. So now, when I sit at the computer, I do my best to kind of posture up. Mm-hmm. But even when I do that, eventually I get down like this. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what I got to do, but I got, I think I got to strengthen my core so it just stays up longer. I, I don't know. Strengthen your core. I think you should just uh, bypass a Dharma temple. You know what? <laughs> I do want to come by one day. You know what we should do? Yeah. Is I should come by one day. I should bring some cameras and we should do something. I should film yeah, I love like that. a day at Dharma. For so sure. People who don't know. Because the thing is, as I said, like, for me, Dharma Temple could be intimidating. Because it just seems like you're all I, amazing. Yeah, you know, you know, I, like I said, I do a lot of the, the like, the promotion. And that was, most of the videos that you're, you're, you're referring to were from years ago. I don't really post a lot of that stuff anymore. Yeah, I, I mostly post myself, like, sitting in cross-legged. Like with a nice smile that's yeah. welcoming, <laughs> so, and it, and I find that like I know that that's the perception on like you know social media and kind of like I'm I'm attuned to that, but in reality like like I said people come like I my classes I have people that are I have eighth graders up to uh, people that are like 60, 70 years old in the okay. same class yeah and I don't think it it and they're all at different 
physical the conditions that are coming in and for me like this pra the practice is not one it's a one of getting out of your expectations like those are mental expectations or mental blockages okay. or or comparison or mental blockages mm -hmm. so you can do that i can't yeah exactly yeah. and thus far blah, blah, blah. and then you you build a series of thoughts that are built from that and i think that this like those are those are the things that limit people's from being themselves they're saying i'm not good enough for this so i'm not going to you know, yeah. like, 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 hey, I grew, I grew up skateboarding my whole life. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not Tony Hawk, but it doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to stop skateboarding. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I may not be Tony Hawk now, but yeah. hey, if I, if I really valued that as important, think about the commitment that that guy had to take. He probably was, was riding eight plus hours a day, every day for years and years and years and years and years, mm -hmm. thinking, breathing, you know everything about skateboarding right that's like an example it's like if you value that and doesn't not saying that you need to value it but just do the things that you love right mm -hmm. yeah totally. i think you, you say that and i 100 percent agree with it yeah like i know so many people that just don't do it and are unhappy yeah. like you see it in their faces you know and i have buddies who work nine to fives have great jobs yeah they probably make more money than I do. Well, they like one of them definitely does because he works at Facebook. <laughs> so he, he's killing it. But I mean, that guy specifically um, has had maybe like four different jobs in the past, I don't know, eight years or less. Less than eight years, actually. So to me, that's a lot of jumping around. Mind you, all great companies, mm -hmm. and one led to another, led to another yeah. type of thing, right? Experience and gains and all that jazz. Um, but still seems like unhappy, like always searching still. Always like, searching. Yeah. And I feel like they find that they think they're unhappy because of their workplace, but what they don't realize is that it's not the workplace necessarily that's making you unhappy. It's the fact that that's what you're doing when you want to do subconsciously something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that falls, like a lot of people fall in that category. Like, and I'm talking like 90% of people. Yeah, yeah. Like the workforce. You know? For sure. The nine to fivers, you know, that, yeah, parents told me to be a doctor, so I went and became a doctor and, you know, I make a ton of money or I'm an engineer. Still unfulfilled, still not happy, but I live a great life. What's wrong? And they can't pinpoint that, well, you don't want to be a doctor, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, or whatever it may be, whatever right? Or be, sure. you definitely, maybe you're in the right sector, but you're not doing the passion part of it, you know? You're not mm -hmm. passionate about what you're doing, right? Yeah. It's weird because, for example, on my end, I'm a graphic designer. That's what I got my BA in. But I love making videos more than I love making logos and brands. You know what I mean? So I still do that stuff and I still love it. It's, it's a benefit that I love doing that too. But if somebody gave me the option, you could either make videos for the rest of your life or you can make brands. It might be a little tough for me to pick, but I'm probably going to pick the videos. And filming and editing is something that I just fell into. It wasn't even part of my program. I just learned how to do it. It, it just happened. And then I just fell in love with it and kept yeah. going and kept doing new things and whatever, right? Um, so 
on my end, a piece of advice would be to anybody who feels unfulfilled in general is get out of what you're doing. Find out what it is that, that's lacking. Because I can promise you, if you're unhappy at your job, it's probably not the job. It's probably your subconscious telling you that you're just unfulfilled and you're using maybe the excuse of your job. In your case, I don't know, but I'm just going to assume in your case that was also maybe the situation, right? Maybe the job wasn't what sucked other than the few things that you said there were specific that just didn't fall in line with you. Um, but maybe you were even searching for that subconsciously to find those things in order to come to realization that, hey, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I'm out. And it's really hard. Like, I can't imagine, you know, if I got into working right away and I was making six figures, man, it would be really hard for me to leave that. For sure. Like, really, to, even if I did it, dreaded it. And I'm sure a lot of people would have loved to have been in that position where it's like, man, I want to make six figures, right? I guess that goes back to the whole conversation of happiness. But dive back into real quick the the business. So the Dharma Temple. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. I'm happy to talk about that. Yeah. I think I think I think this is actually the perfect conversation to talk about exactly what you talked about because if you hold on one second. It was shining. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is that a hair? I, I, no, I thought it was wool at first. Yeah, I don't know if it's your dog or mine, but and no, it's all good. It yeah. was it was just regular hair, like human yeah. hair, but it's all good. Yeah. It works. Um, talking about what you're talking about, it's like, what do you do in your profession to do the things that you're passionate about and do the things that you, you that are necessary, right? Mm -hmm. Like like you said, doing graphic design. It's necessary for you, and you, I'm sure you'd rather do that than some other things. I think I think there is a place where you have to vow. You have to put your, and it's not like an overnight thing. It's not something you answer as a second. This is like a meditative daily practice that is gonna. It's gonna change too. But maybe at one point you were just doing graphic design, and then the video thing maybe came later. And I think that you are constantly redefining yourself instead of getting attached to like hey, I'm a graphic designer and that's who I am and that's all I do, is that you, you, re, you take a practice, and right now this is the way that we share it, is that we, I, I ask people to look at what's their values, what's really valuable. And if you value your family and, and time with your family and their well-being, you're going to probably do whatever job it takes that will pay you the most so that, they can, that you can have the most time and and financials for them on a, on, a, on a level and I think that when you're for yourself if we can use that as an example it's like let's value what you get from the graphic design which is still I'm sure um, very um, not, so, not the word inspiring but more like satisfying for you to do mm -hmm. but the, the doing the video stuff is like is what's calling you right now so you just need to, we're constantly like redefining our values and what's important. Well, that's important because I need to make it, I could, that's my livelihood. I can make a living so that maybe I can have free time and build this new passion or build this new project. And I think that for me, my, my values lie in being able to share yoga in an open contextual way, in a modern approach without it getting stagnant. And I think some of the issues about working for, uh, for uh, 
an organization is that you have to fall into their their um, confines mm-hmm. of like this is the task that you do and this is how it's always been done and this is the standard practice and for me to have a space like Dharma Temple and to provide that for the the other teachers there that the community that's there is like we're really co-creating it we're kind of developing a place that shares traditional yogic teachings in a modern context incorporating all aspects not just the eastern philosophies but western philosophies chinese medicine um universal approaches like like you you taking on the the best of the best and finding what is really working in from all the facets and then sharing it in that way so for me to to do that i realized yeah there is an aspect that i gotta like you don't people don't know this but a yoga teacher has to do a lot of a mid mark you know i spend more time on the computer than people would think they're like oh he's probably just in like a beautiful room candle lit standing in front of an altar in meditation for like six hours a day yeah i am and i'm also doing my meditation practice while i'm doing my work remembering what why it's important and then getting really motivated on making sure that we're doing that developing our content so that we're able to create a you know like the this broad approach to yoga that is inclusive that allows that is um attractive that allows people to have an, an opportunity so that they can have their own experience and then begin to go in that what direction yeah. so what's next for dharma temple you know, we're, we'll see. I think there's a lot of uh, different facets. We're doing a lot more online content. We feel like the idea is to um, create a broader spectrum and broader uh, approach and then sharing the teachings to a broader group because we can only be in so many places at once. Now we got to, you know, I love the technologies that we have this, these days. Like, you can touch so many people. You can really create you know you can be in like many places at once you just do a podcast make sure you're, you're come there prepared and share your best and then you can really really be in in close communion with a lot of people and i think that you know for for a, we have a physical location i still believe that it really comes down to being in, in the physical space with people but for me it's always been about you know how, how much like what what am i sharing out there and if I can just do have an impact on one person, definitely I've done my job. But I'm always working to share with more and um, develop a community and inspiring teachers so that they continue to share it down the line and and it grows to whatever it needs to be. So online stuff, we're gonna we're looking at opening uh, some other spaces. There's a lot down the road. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so what kind of yoga do you guys? Because there's different kinds of yoga right mm-hmm. what kind of yoga do you guys teach at dharma all like yeah you know the thing about dharma temple is that um we we try to be a little we we, we, we didn't call it we didn't put yoga in the name it's called dharma, dharma temple. temple yeah that's yeah. right and i think that was a conscious ap- approach to saying like hey you know yoga has, is has a lot of um attachment to the word like people have certain con- like ideas of what yoga is mm-hmm. like they think it's all about 
being bendy and and jumping around and standing on your head and this and that and that is a part of uh, yoga but it has a lot of other aspects and then now that uh, from my own like understanding of the intention of yoga and I, I, I would I like to give a lot of like credit to Eastern philosophies because they've done a lot of work in these areas but from my experience is that every every culture around the world has done some aspect in the the sharing yoga in their own way from you know from our own land from the aboriginals and uh, indigenous people of our communities it's like they have rituals and and um and, and ways of honoring the land and using nature as a way to be their teacher mm-hmm. right how to behave amongst each other how to give thanks for what you get like there's a there's a bunch of rituals that come into place that really are there for people's right relationship with their environment even from our background because because we're both persian yeah <laughs> and there's a, there's an amazing stuff that comes from from the persian culture and from uh, Sufism, which is like the mis- mystical side of, of Islam, there's a lot of you know openness that is in direct alignment with almost all the yogic teachings, you know. Mm-hmm. And then down south, you know, in Peru, they use a lot of connection with nature, a lot of indigenous communities. So for me, you know, we wanted to create Dharma Temple because we found that it was like a little more universal approach to to this because every culture has some sort of sort of form of temple some sort of place that they would commune to do these practices to drop away you know their individual egos and little stuff and really connect to a whole and connect to their own in uh, the the purpose or a purpose or whatever it may be so we're trying to um bring down like kind of those walls without uh you know like there's a lot of resistance with like religion and spirituality in most people because of shit from their past. It's really their own stuff. That's really it, it, what it is. It's like they had a bad experience with something. And I think that I, I honor most people for that. And I was like that. I grew up on Simpsons. And like that's like, you know, totally, um, uh, you know, an athe- atheist approach to like living. And I'm like, oh, that like I, and I, I'm still in like like I haven't changed very much. I have that kind of approach, but I also think that, you know, you know, you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? There's a lot of good things that have come through from different rituals and religions and practices and like bringing back. Like nowadays, people have just rewritten all those traditional practices. They're saying like, oh well, I don't like to pray. I don't like to pray before dinner. But now, uh, in the the area of um, self-help and self-improvement they use gratitude practices mm-hmm. it's the same thing you know it's a gratitude practice it's like t- giving thanks for for what you're given okay so okay. instead of instead of coming in a place of like living in a place of lack you begin to live in a place of abundance so you have an abundance mindset saying like hey i'm great look at the things that you're positive for and then it bring more things that to bring positivity into your life right Mm -hmm. and acting that way and then you you begin behaving differently which will bring you begin bringing positive patterning Mm -hmm. it's kind of subtle like i would i would you know there's a lot to talk about in in the short time we have but i think that like you mentioned like how some your friend was working for a company 
and he was seeking something and it was and he almost didn't know what he's going through well what that might be and i don't know your friend and i i i'm just using this as an example of somebody that is going through a patterning is like they they're going in a loop and they're stuck in a loop doing the same thing right Mm -hmm. and on a subtle realm like you were speaking about someone that had this addiction problem right before we started the podcast right someone that has an addiction well they an addiction is a loop it's a, it's a tight loop that they're stuck on, right? Whatever their, their fix is, whatever the patterning is. And a lot of, um, like, there's some addictions that, you know, are hard to cut. And a lot of human nature, and not just looking at it as a problem, but thinking like, hey, we, we have evolved from a caveman. Like, we had primal instincts. We've done certain things to protect ourselves to, to, that helped us survive for our own evolution. And what are we doing now to let go of that so that we can evolve further? The issue is people get stuck on doing the same things, right? Like the money thing is is something like nowadays, you know, you can live off a few dollars for food, but you have it, you feel like you have to have more, right? And to sustain or you... I was just going to say, I'm like, really? You can live off a few dollars for food? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard. <laughs> Vancouver is a tough place for that, right? But yeah. you can, you know, there's ways of creating a healthy ecosystem here. But like, I think that people, people have their primal instincts that are still ruling their lives, mm-hmm. right? Primal instincts that are still ruling their lives. And there's some things that are done on physiological levels, right? Like things that are, are the, the need for shelter, the need for security without having the trust. And I think like we, we're constantly evolving and you're just caught. A, when I say primal, it could be that you, you've purified yourself so much, but you're still doing the tendencies you did six months ago. But that's not serving you in this moment anymore. Right? How can you be present if you're still doing the same shit just because it's uh, subconscious behavior? So it's constant, constant rewriting. Okay. So, so you know, a practice of gratitude and is something that can rewrite a negative pattern of a negative mindset. Living in a lack of not enoughness can, can create behaviors of not enoughness and it, and it's, it shows that you, those things can change over time if you change the, your, the, your pattern of thinking. You cannot, you cannot just stop the negative action. You have to replace it with something else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just the way it is. So what you gotta do is have some sort of practice. So when, I, when we say like, this is back to like where Uh, Dharma temple is is that it's taking on the traditions of the entire world to find the best practices that are to serve us right now and you need to have the routines and rituals that will serve your lifestyle and serve your life okay so when you have you have somebody that is like that they need some sort of practice that is introspective that allows them to see that and then to learn to create a practice that makes them more loving more kind more compassionate and one that eventually will serve themselves mm-hmm. yeah. all right 
I like don't you think that they don't know like they kind of don't see like they're fogged right yeah, like yeah. they don't know that's how they're coming well, the, across the only thing is to do is that you they need to be around another yogi at some yeah. point they need to experience what <laughs> what what it is yeah they need to experience it like that's that's what it comes down to that's why yoga is like beyond any like of the religions because it's an it's a direct it's a it's a it has has these practices that are a direct experience. Of course, I say the, the rituals and on all religions and all uh, indigenous communities have some sort of rituals that they do mm-hmm. and routines. And yoga practice is no different. You know, and I, I, I hate, I don't hate, but I, uh, I find it, I don't want to segregate anyone by bridging the two of saying like yoga is this way of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, religious practice. But it's a way for you to come and and observe yourself so that the religion that you adhere to is not a book. It's one that speaks to you through your own physical body and through your own tangible experience of life. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. Like, okay. how do you see the world? Well, if you have an experience where you feel absolutely at peace and calm, that's an experience and then if you keep experiencing that place of absolute peace and calm, maybe it will sustain for a period of time. Maybe when someone comes in and tries to pull you out of that and poke and provoke you, maybe you can keep it, right? Yeah. A little bit. So that, for me, like, that's every, like you need to have some sort of practice. And there's not one practice that works for everyone. Just as many people there are in the world, there should be that many religions in the world. There should be that many practices. Everything should be catered to the individual in, in that sense. Obviously, there's some things that are fundamental for like full holistic health of the physical body in, in all its facets, but really, like my body's different than yours. Like course, what, yeah. what you need is different than what I need at this point, right? And, and that's something that we need to understand. But there's a way to do a practice that will serve you over time or you can eventually learn the foundations of understanding how your physical body is or how your mental conditions are and be like i need to work back bends because my shoulders have been rolling in i've been sitting in front of a computer all day or i need to like observe that i've been a bit negative lately or i've been living in a uh, mindset of lack or i've been uh self-limiting what my what my potential is and then changing that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that constant, constant transformation. Okay. Yeah, I need to do that back thing that you were just saying. <laughs> what is that? What do I have to do? Yeah, yeah. What are they called? Backbends. Backbends. Oh yeah. Well, we'll just get pull out a chair, arch your spine over it, and st- stay there for twenty minutes. Like standing on the backside <laughs> or sitting and doing that. You, you I would I would do it, you know, for for yourself. Yeah. I think you need to you need instruction for someone that's new. Everyone yeah, needs instruction. And like you like you said about your friends, like how does he see it? Well, he needs you need some sort of you need some sort of guidance from somebody. Yeah. I I feel like this like a lot of traditions in the past has always been like this student teacher relationship. Mm-hmm. If you look at like, you know, in yoga, it's always a guru student disciple discipleship. Yeah. Or um you know, even education systems, they're always a teacher. Mm-hmm. If you look at, like, even, like, the tattoo industry, like, they've built off themselves off, like, this this path where 
the there's always a teacher and they have to take an internship under a teacher for, yeah. for a long time right whatever it is and i think that those are like natural approaches eventually not thinking that you're just always going to be under the teacher but you, you take as much as you can and then you do it in your own way mm-hmm. so for someone like you like of course you need to move your body in a different way than me but but i can give you some foundational tools and totally. steps and then you can eventually do it yourself kind of an interesting thing having a studio because you eventually want to empower people so that they can be self-sovereign. <laughs> yeah. So you're really working yourself out of a job. Yeah. So really, I just have the faith and trust that the the world is fucked up enough that it needs enough people that need <laughs> healing and changing that they can eventually come for a period of time and then they can go and get some new people coming through and we can all just like keep working and then you know people come back you forget you do like for me i like do my practices i get caught up in some sort of pattern or i i don't do the physical practice for a while i'm like all right i gotta take a class i gotta remember this thing i gotta remember how to be humble again you know over time if you spend too much time you know teaching you might lose your humility so i always go to you know my teacher's class and just like learn to be learn to follow right yeah yeah i think being humble is a big thing that that most of those people who the, the the negative or the arrogant people like don't have i used to not like i used to not be i used to be that person yeah like 100 percent. i used to be that person mm-hmm. you know and as you said it's always like a life event or something that triggers it right that you come into realization of like you just got humbled son yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um and it's funny because after I put myself in a position where I was sort of like more open and vulnerable and and knowingly, you know Mm. what I mean? As opposed to just like being negative and passive or whatever. I just said, you know, I'm, you know, just going to be humble and just stick by that. I became a more positive person, but beyond that, I, that's when my creativity really started to go like that's when suddenly I was doing a bunch of different things not even revolving around work I was just doing them to do them you know what I mean yeah um yeah and and I see that in a lot of people and it kind of it's upsetting because I know I used to be there yeah and it's hard because as I said there's this clouded vision you know or the fog that they don't really see in their own minds because they're too busy focusing on others yeah you know if you're not being humble you're not listening humility creates the ability to listen then when you have the ability to listen really deeply you know another word for that is meditation like meditation is about like you know getting involved and just actually like truly getting your individual experience out and listening and if you're that's half the equation half the equation is listening and half the equation is speaking or acting right and how can you be creative if you're just like out off-putting all the time then you're getting caught into doing the same thing because how how is that a feedback response system there's no feedback Mm -hmm. if you're not able to listen you have no feedback on knowing how to behave like with presence on the next step right it's funny that you say that too because part of the reason why i did this podcast was because i wanted to listen more exactly that's literally one of the reasons because originally i was doing another podcast Mm mm-hmm and every time I would do an episode, anything that I film, I'll always watch afterwards. After it's done, the final edit, I'll watch it in full because it gives me pointers of what 
I did wrong in post-edit that I didn't catch while it was happening. Like, you know, things yeah. you notice, small things that the everyday person wouldn't care about, but as somebody who wants to improve, you notice. When we were doing the podcast originally, I noticed I was talking a lot, like just saying every word I could think of. You know what I mean? And then I realized I'm like, man, I'm not listening enough or I'm not getting enough conversation. Yeah. I'm putting out the conversation. So when I did this podcast, I'm like, I'm going to make it all about other people. Like, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at you. I'm talking about you. I'm learning about you and your experience and what you have to say. So if you watch even the first episode of No Fence City, I'm talking a lot. I'm like 70% of the talk, right? You watch episode two, I'm maybe 50 to 60% of the talk. Yeah. You watch episode three, I'm about 45, 50. And in this one, I'm trying really hard to kind of like let you do, uh, you know, the talking. And I'm more. just giving the tidbits here or there, right? Because sure. most of the things that I want to get out from this podcast is to tell other people's story and to be able to listen. That's right. And that's what I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for the space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, that's that's like quality communication. Like people have got to practice communication. That's 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 a hard thing. Totally. You know, you're always speaking, you're not listening, and um, and some people need they need to learn. It depends on the tendencies of the individual. Like if you have a tendency to speak more, that's honestly great. I'm grateful for that. That's that's nice and to have that um, expression in the world. But also, like some people need to learn to listen. So it's like. It's how we converse. It's about communication skills, mm -hmm. and communication skills will make you a better like, make, make, like you said, you felt more creative, and that really that's the big thing. Like, yeah. like think if someone never listened to nobody, it's really hard to start from square one and try to figure out things yourself. Like you know, listen, see what what works, what doesn't work, and then navigate effectively. So yeah, I'm really uh, you know I think having a podcast is is developing that communication skill what is effective what is necessary and what 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 can you can you slowly filter and it's just like ironing out the wrinkles of that right totally and i'm this goes back like you know honestly like i was so arrogant when i was younger in the sense that i i did feel like i was a know-it-all you know, mm. like looking back i i i totally was that know-it-all yeah right whatever yeah now i'm in the point where i'm l learning to listen and learning to sort of like appreciate others more you know and what they do one thing that i really appreciate and this is like everybody that's part of my network is when i see other people doing amazing things it makes me feel good it's a weird yeah. way of saying it yeah yeah like, no that's nice wow like that's awesome like for sure the beer bottles you mentioned for sure my friend richard makes those beer bottles he's freaking talented as like hell yeah. you know what i mean and i collect those bottles not just because he designs them but because they're beautiful right so and that goes even to you and your yoga and i look at you and i'm like wow a master of his profession or his industry or whatever mm -hmm. right and the success level that grows with that so now when i look at other people and i do i don't look in i look out it's it actually motivates me even more because I see what you do, or I see other people succeeding in their own field, and they're not necessarily the smartest people, right? Like, Richard isn't friggin' 
Harvard smart, not to say that he's dumb, he's not, but he's artistic, creative, and he has that side of, of a sort of like discipline, but he's just really skilled in what he does in his craft. And that, like, I get in awe of that. People that inspire me like that, I, I just get, it pushes me to do. That's more. right. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and mm. a side note, I'll say this much. Richard's art is actually what was the um, catalyst behind the logo. the logo here that I created. And is that a crow or a... It's a crow, yeah. Yeah, which is more, makes sense because it's a city. I was going to th- yeah. say, is, is it a raven? But ravens don't really hang out in yeah, the city. Yeah, somebody so. else saw it as a raven <laughs> too, but I mean, it could be. The ravens are in the mountains. That's right. <laughs> but, it wouldn't, yeah. But around, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, you know, his artwork, the inspiration I gained from that allowed me to develop a logo for the podcast that looked cool and similar to his style that I don't even do that style usually. I mean, if Richard did this, it would be much more amazing too, not to say that this is crazy, but you know what I mean? Like I was able to take inspiration from his work and relay it into something that I was creating into my craft, but still make it my own. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's, it's interesting that like, well, usually for me, sorry to cut you off, but like usually when I, I'm talking about like the thing that I'm passionate about and the thing that uh, is my field, which is usually like the, the practices of yoga and, and I usually am a little more like, okay, like I, I'm a, uh, I'm understanding that this is what I need to share with people, especially it depends on the context. Like, Hey, I, I know that you lead a podcast. Well, you, you have a broad sense and I'm not going to come to you and tell you how to, how to, um, go work with as a graphic designer Mm -hmm. but when you're speaking about that it's like that's your field and i'm sure like there's a sense of um confidence and knowing that comes through with it so i'm going to be extremely attentive and i'm hoping that you're going to be expressive on that but usually i'm pretty quiet i like to listen a lot Mm -hmm. i hope that hope that it works for the podcast because like usually I, i i do practice listening but when i come into like a yoga class or i i take a one on one session or i'm doing um, a workshop or something that's when I know I'm in the place of my field and my my uh, expertise is, is is placed in that way place and that's when you I think we just gotta gotta put everything out there that you know but when it's not like it's hard to think like oh I know what to do like I got you know it's funny like I got this like you know, like I said, I do a lot of business stuff for for Dharma Temple for mm-hmm. my business, and it's like I have to write a piece of code, and I'm trying my best to figure it out. And if I'm just sitting there, acting like I know, which I tried to do because I used to do that back in the day, I used to do a lot of coding. It's just been like, like a half a decade since I've done any of that. I'm just like back, like YouTubing things, trying to figure it out. And it's like, why don't I just find somebody that's in their field and ask them? Mm-hmm. you know instead of thinking like oh i should i you know i should know this or i should know everything we're in a society that's like hey you want to find the easiest way it's like before it used to be like hey fend for yourself do uh uh jack of all trades mm-hmm. and it's like that that wasn't needed there where there was fewer people now we're like in a society where it's like hey let's let's just trust that you know the the masters of whatever they're doing are doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and put our put our ha- hands in them it's like i instead of trying to design my own graphic why don't i just go to 
the master and figure it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's but like, still a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's a, I think, like, you know, to find, like, to be effective in, in your life, it's like you have to use the resources at hand. Well, and right now, like, there's people that are professionals in everything that they do. And it's like, you know, a good, a good business professional or a CEO isn't a CEO doesn't do anything really they just observe what is needed and then they put the best people in place to do it yeah really mm-hmm. and and what what's their job well mostly that's their job yeah <laughs> that ability to put everyone in the right places to do their skills mm-hmm. you know it's like you know I can't I can't even walk into Dharma temple and think that I'm gonna teach every form of yoga I'll teach a hot class and then I'll teach the, the slow yin classes and then I'm going to teach you know all, all the aspects it's like well I know I know what my skills and talents are I know where I've developed myself and I'm going to specialize in sharing the things that are important that I find called to share mm-hmm. and I'm also going to observe the benefit of like what someone else does and bring them on board be like I see the knowledge that someone else has yeah. and allow, allow them to do that yeah yeah, that's the same on my like, end. If I get a graphic design project that I know somebody else is ideal for, I'll just put right. them on the project. Yeah. Or there's a portion where I'm like, I could do this, but it's not going to be as good, and I'm not going to get it done as quick as if this person did, does it. So I'll bring that person on specifically yeah. and be like, you do this portion, and I'll do the rest or whatever for it may sure. be. So yeah, I totally agree with that too. So real quick... I wake up in the morning. <laughs> what are five things or stretches, basic things that you want to do that I can do that will help improve, you know, my body, my feeling, all that? Yeah. Jazz. Well, I think I think five things that you could do simply, like you're on your own. I I do something cardiovascular, like quick. You know, sun salutations are like standard in yoga. You can Google them if you don't know what they are. Yeah, I'll post photos. Yeah. yeah, and but otherwise, I personally move the body. If you want to do a physical practice, it depends on someone's conditions, right? Mm-hmm. These this is the thing. Like, I'm sorry to take it away from like, hey, what are the practices? Physically, if you're physically inclined, you do something physical. If you're like. Uh, intellectually inclined you should like read something inspiring that's going to like motivate you to get out there mm-hmm. right so it depends on what what your your tendencies are but if we're looking at the physical sense i would say look at the spine and move it in all its directions do something forward fold do a back bend do lateral movement and then do a spinal twist mm-hmm. that's four and then maybe get upside down okay. and for flip how it. long do you do those <laughs> uh I think you know, you know there there are certain things. It's hard it's hard to give someone a quick formula and the yeah. be- most effective approach, but yeah, I would just do like five minutes of of each each side each practice, maybe less, okay. two minutes each. You got a full ten minute practice there. Sit in meditation for another ten minutes, or do some breath work. For me, my and my morning doesn't consist of anything. It it consists mostly of breath work and meditation sitting sitting quietly organizing my thoughts trying not to look at my phone for as long as i can yeah until i'm like all right 
this is the right time. And then once I do that, it's just like get right to it. Otherwise, it's like you you get right to your day by putting out a fire. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You're just I like totally hear what you're saying. right out of bed. And yeah. that, that for me is like simple, simple techniques of like, hey, give me like, just give me a little bit of time. Even if you don't want to sit and meditate, like take the time to go and walk your dog first thing you know which they probably would appreciate as well mm-hmm. right yeah but it's just like those simple things of like hey let's just like take a little introspective moments in your day especially especially in the morning before you get because most of the day is is like a is a you're in the world you're just expressing yourself so take okay. a little bit of moment to like like i said earlier like evaluate your values and then progress from there so for me I, yeah like if you're new to yoga, definitely you gotta take a yoga class. Like I, I lead teacher trainings, and I think like they're so important. They're not just for teachers, or to become a teacher. It's a lot of people that are going through like the drastic transformations or the big transformations. They're like, hey, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna just change my life, a big portion of my life, or get some like clear navigation to do that mm-hmm. during a teacher training. It's like embracing uh, the the inner teacher. Right, like okay, yeah. like learning to listen deeply to your in, in your inner teacher or your guide, and then allowing that to come through. So I think like those for me, like those programs are are really inspiring for me, and then also to develop people that are able to go out and share it as well. So, for someone that's wondering about five techniques, yeah, there's a lot of content. If you look at uh, Dharma Temple, we do like simple meditations that are about like ten. 11 minutes and you can just do one of those turn on a video plug in do whatever the, the technique is usually it's like some sort of repetitive pattern that that is challenging mentally and if you okay. can get your mental and in, in um willpower up you can you can do anything right? yeah i need you, to do that yeah i'm trying to do this thing where I w- i've actually tried uh different sleeping methods yeah so oh yeah let's this is another this one is, of my facets that i love to talk about sleep practice relaxation yeah so i did um i did i think i did all of them so there's the one where you do four hours on four hours off four hours on four hours off throughout the whole day that one was just crazy is, um, is that the one that uh kramer did in seinfeld probably <laughs> um that there there are various different techniques there's this other one where you go on i think it's for like 10 hours on two hours off or eight hours on two hours off and the two hours off is time you sleep yeah yeah so the four hour on four hour off was really crazy because you couldn't fall asleep at the four at the like you really had to get into it, it took like a week yeah right I ditched that one two days in because it was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, like it was just too chaotic. Now I, I'm trying to do this thing where I wake up no matter what day it is. I try to wake up at 5 a.m. Mm. And it's killing me because I can only do three days of the week right now. I don't know why I just get way too tired, burnt out. And then I, I'm like, screw it. I'm getting up at like 8.30 or 7, whatever it may be. Um so like for me right now, it's about mentally trying to get, trying to be able to mentally wake myself from being tired or drained 
lazy, you know what I mean? I, I put it in the category of lazy. It might not be laziness, but I can't. There are just times where I want to. Like, I'm motivated and I want to wake up. I want to do the 5 a.m. routine every day. And by the third or fourth day, I'm just, like, so burnt out I can't. So is there anything you su can suggest there as far as how to help my mental state wake up at 5 in the morning other than going to bed early because I kind of do that already? Yeah, the, the going to bed early, the not eating too late. Okay, I do that, so... Yeah, that's okay. a big one for me. So I don't eat late. Don't eat late. Don't what, eat late. What's the cutoff? I would, I, you know, I, it's, it's hard because like, I would give you like the, the, like, like Buddhist monks. Yeah. They don't eat afternoon. Right. Okay. No, that's, I can't do that's, that. a, that's, a, I know that's not really practical for a lot of people. Yeah. I would say 6 PM. That's also not practical because a lot of people can't get, make it, you know, seven, seven, seven thirty. Okay. Pretty, pretty reasonable. Try not to snack too late. That works really well for the morning it's it's that's this is like the re reprogramming of the mind right it's like reprogramming your patterns like i've i've always been like the you know one two a.m sleeper yeah right? up super late and then uh i've reprogrammed myself to be like five you know five a.m five is nice for me now you know i've done four i've done 4 30 and i find five I is, five is pretty consistent yeah. and i can do that year round but you know, a good practice that I do, you ever do cold showers? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do I look crazy to That's you? That's right. And you get good, good, nice cold water and, and Coquitlam on the mountain. not just that, on the mountain. Like, this is kind of like alpine level, to be honest. That's right. In the winters, yeah. you go down the street, three streets, if it's snowed up here, there's no snow three streets down. It's just this borderline level of height where the mm. air is just slightly cooler where I am versus three or four blocks down it's really weird and yeah dude when i wake up in the morning in the winter sometimes i go turn on the tap of my faucet it takes some time for the water to go through and, it's like, psh, 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 and i realized it was because the water was freezing in the piping which is insulated oh so it's taking a while to thaw out thaw the Whoa. big pieces yeah it's funny um so i do like cold showers and stuff Especially like in the basement too, where it's like cool. I can't do it, man. I need that warm shower. You're, I need to feel like I'm in a blanket, all cold oh, up funny. in the water. You're like you're like speaking to all the like the American viewers of their their thoughts about what Canada's like. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, it's frigid. They all live in igloos. Their pipes are freezing. <laughs> but legitimately, my pipes my pipe freezes. Wow. I mean, it doesn't that's... burst or anything, but it freezes where yeah. the water just needs that's, to break a bit. That's before right. It comes through. It's crazy. Well, um, some people would say you're really lucky to have cold water like that it's true but yeah. you know that those are little things that work for me honestly like it's 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 a reprogramming like to have that i think everyone wakes up with like the thing of like i don't want to i'd rather stay here how do i get past that and it's just like over and over and over again doing it mm -hmm. you know what do you do set an alarm clock eventually people don't need alarm clocks if you start doing it at the same time the yeah. the the physiological body just like starts to like know that it's supposed to wake up then it's just like this is natural totally. right yeah and and i would just like try to create that patterning but that instant like learning to become aware of that instantaneous moment i used to do this practice where you would try to remember your last breath before going to bed and your first breath waking up 
What? Yeah. So it's a pretty challenging thing to do, but you pretty much try to remember like what the last breath is and the first breath up. The first breath up is is a little bit easier. The last breath out, you just like kind of. It for me has always been a drift. Fades, yeah. yeah, but but just that practice. I know it's like in. in Practice and theory, they're a little different. On theory, you you want to feel like it's like a movie. You're just like open. You're just like so take a breath in, and you're like, and you're awake. You know, yeah. it's really challenging to to catch yourself, but you might catch yourself. You know, you do it if you if you practice that, you eventually see it, and you're like, boom. The f- and then the breath will just bring the little bit of presence, mm-hmm. and you're able to step out of out. Uh, similar to. Uh... When I was in philosophy in uh, college, we were talking about lucid dreams. Yeah. So our teachers like, if you want to try it out, uh, like here are some methods that will help you. One of them was before you, as you're sleeping, tell yourself you're going to bed because it's the easiest way to remember you're sleeping when you're in a dream. Uh, and I'm not I joking, you see, not after a week of doing that, I finally started to come into realization that I'm in a dream as soon as the dream would happen instead of like as it's ending. And it got to a point where I was able to actually uh, manifest and manipulate my dreams. Yeah. So it got really, it it got really crazy. Like I literally would go to dream world. I'd be like, what am I going to do today? Like literally, I'm not even joking you. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go fly on a cloud. I like, I would literally be like, I'm going to fly and I'll start flying. I'll be like, I want to hang out with my friends and my friends would just show up from the dark. Like, it was really weird. And, you know, after stop, like, I mean, after a while I stopped doing it, whatever. I guess I either lost interest or whatever. But it it was legit. Like, everything that that book was telling us to do or, you know, the methods of approach were real. And it actually caused me to be able to manipulate and manifest my dreams, which is dope. And and then how does that come into your life? Like, that's that's a extremely powerful tool like people are looking at how to use your dreams like either looking at the dreams as like what do they mean how are they dictating your life but if you're doing lucid dreaming then you're like really creating your own dreams and then what does that do stimulate your imagination well everything has to start from a thought when you want to create something so you start imagining things even though like they could be as at like like imagining like your group of friends or like one friend you might even just end up like finding a, they'll naturally call you the next day. And you're like, wow, why does that happen if they live across the world? Yeah. And that, those weird coincidences happen in your life. But it's like, I think that, you know, when you can start taking control of that, I'd rather find a way to lose a dream. I think that's an amazing skill that you had. But yeah. think about somebody that, that doesn't have control of their dreams. And that's when you get nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like, then your imagination's like on its own on its own course yeah. you're like whoa what is what what does it mean and they could like put you into a swirl i will look up the name of the book that yeah i'd love to hear more about, about that it, and i will send you the name so you can look it up and hey, dude it blew my, i wasn't even into this kind of stuff like yeah, yeah. Dreams of family, no, For sure. like you you're hippie dippy crap or whatever yeah. but once i started doing it after the first week i'm like whoa like i the first time i realized i was in a dream i woke up yeah i'm like damn and the second time I realized, I'm like, oh, I'm still here. But I couldn't control or manipulate the dream. Mm-hmm. Then the third time, the fourth time, it got better, crazier, 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 right? Um, well, I think that's a real thing. Like, okay, here's, here's, a, here's a parallel to look at. Like, look at biological twins. 
Yeah. Right? And, like, there are people that are biologically from birth came out of the womb together and they're sharing thought they're like they're tuned in in a special way like for example like if you watch like the vancouver canucks mm. and you watch the hockey play and then the sedines are like biological twins that are that were on a tear and they they were able to play with each other and know where they each other were on on the on the on the ice, ice at any time yeah. right it's like that is a special special skill and it's unexplainable right i think there's like a psychic connection and i think the word psychic is like that just means we can't explain it yet with yeah. science and it's like yeah don't think you know everything right there is a connection there is something going on there eventually hopefully we'll be able to like explain it in a like a scientific approach of like hey this is what is connecting you it's like dolphins with sonar like they're connecting to each other through a different form of communication going back to the whole alarm thing of waking up so i can't wake up like with my alarm like i mean i can yeah if i get up but sometimes i just can't physically get up and i just turn it off and i go back to bed but one of my friends and i think i'll probably bring this guy on the podcast too do you know winston tam i do you know his ruggy is ruggy yeah i do okay it's so like the it's the, like a the rug alarm yeah okay so i love that our friend from high school winston i didn't meet winston until after high school yeah. i actually met him because he made sweatpants first and i thought they were cool and i'm like winston let me help you like maybe we could work together or whatever so winston decides <laughs> to make an alarm clock that is a rug that essentially goes by your bedside and you have to step out of bed, step onto the rug, which actually feels really it. nice. I don't know what material it's made of, but apparently it's really soft and cushy and perfect. So you step off and you have to step on it. I think it's for five seconds before the alarm turns off. When the alarm turns off, it then gives you like a quote, like some, you know, motivational quote of the day or whatever right and it's at random it generates it at random it's pretty whatever like your tea yeah like the end of your tea packet yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh he came out with this thing and it's called the ruggy and it actually like online it got a lot of crazy hype and reviews like mm. I, I saw it on a bunch of different things um so check that out if you have problems uh, waking up, getting out of bed, go check out the ruggy. And Winston, if you're listening, I'd like to have you on the podcast to talk about the ruggy and your sweatpants and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm thinking that I might need to get a ruggy because this ain't cutting it. You know, yeah. I can't do the alarm clock anymore. And I, I think standing up, like actually having to get up, I, is I, a huge I hear that. Yeah. I think he tapped into something that isn't really. Uh, tapped into when it comes to waking people up or alarms mm. is standing up is a huge part of getting out of bed mm -hmm. and if you could force somebody to stand for up for sure you should get the phone on the other side of the room i used to do that i used to actually <laughs> put the phone here yeah. so i would have to come around and go here and go get it that's right, right. Yeah. um but it's just so inconvenient because sometimes i want the phone like when i'm in the bed to quickly like send a text or something also another technique to help you sleep a little bit easier what's that not look at your phone before yeah. bed <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean like you put it away and then something goes blink and you're not asleep yet you're like oh, i gotta check to see what that is yeah 
Um, so I don't do that anymore. Um, I don't usually have a problem waking up other than that 5 a.m. call time. So now I'm thinking I'm going to get a ruggy. See how that goes. Yeah. So maybe if I get uh, Winston on here, I'll get him to bring me a ruggy. And maybe we'll even be able to give one away if he, he brings one as a prize or something. That's rad. But yeah, so anybody out there with trouble sleeping, hit up Winston. Check out the ruggy. Check out the ruggy. <laughs> Shout out to the ruggy. <laughs> Winston, send us some ruggies. <laughs> both of us. That's <laughs> right. both going to yeah. be props. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, I sit here. I have a problem posture. I have a problem waking up early. I have a pro- I'm sure I have a problem with... Uh, blood flow and all that jazz because although i work out i don't it's not a daily routine stretching isn't a daily thing that i do i'm quite average in that sense right so i a got a lot of insight as to things that i could adjust to sort of help those but is there anything else that i could do other than the five things that you mentioned or do you have any books in mind that you were talking about maybe like reading up on on some stuff is there any yoga or yogi books that anybody interested in yoga that hasn't really pursued it yet or maybe is just a beginner at it should definitely take a look at to understand i guess the full concept of is it yogiism (laughs) being a yogi uh yogic lifestyle i think like you know my my approach, like I I used to like wear like you know traditional yoga clothes. I always had the beads, and like for me now, it's just I think like the way that I look at yoga is a very universal way. Like I see it, I see yoga in like electronic music, and I see it in everything that everyone's doing. Really, what I would encourage people to do, maybe just try to be a little more open minded, be a little bit like when you want to pick out a book, be a little more open. And I've always been kind of one of those people that. I would never read a book if it was gifted to me. If it was gifted to Yeah, just like, it was just like, I felt, I felt, not that I wouldn't read it, but I would always feel inclined to have to read something because someone gave it to me. And it would always, it would always be like, oh, well, I don't know if this is what I want. Because okay. it was it, because it, it valid, it, I've, I've been looking up for books that like are validating what I want or they're things that I'm completely drawn to. Mm-hmm. But sometimes reading something, that isn't necessarily in your field is like such a big blessing to like gain some insight and you don't even know where it's going to come from recently i've been reading a book called uh quiet okay yeah it's it's uh by susan kane and i've been loving it it's about uh looking at the qualities of uh the benefits of being an introvert in the society that is has an extrovert ideal like now with the concepts of social media and getting yourself out there, this all started way back in like uh, in the 20th century, right at the beginning of the birth of the salesman. After the industrial revolution, then we started all these products. Then it became this idea of the salesman, where we have people have products and they're trying to push their products. Mm-hmm. So people became, in the sense of trying to put themselves out there, going to door to door, selling a product through themselves and it became this like extrovert ideal and really in 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 our culture now it's like get yourself out on social media make sure you're marketing properly like doing all this stuff and we have this extrovert ideal in our society and it's talking about like the benefits of introvertive qualities of people and i found that like people need to know themselves 
to find out like if you're trying to fit in an extroverted society that values it so much it's going to be really hard to be happy because you're going to be able to go into social situations you might not be the person that needs to speak in front of a, a crowd right mm. like that's might not be who you are and and but there's a there's like this thing that we put uh this power that we put behind that and i think that you know it's a great book to like allow people to like give them a little more understanding about like the benefits of being an introvert the benefits like without that like look at the great introverts in our society it's like bill gates that guy is that guy kind of does a little bit of both he's like completely like can be on his own develop what he needs to and then still go out in front of a in like a front of a conference and just like share his his way but he's like these the, and like albert einstein like any and most scientists are like this they the introvert has like the perfection refinement quality where an extrovert is constantly like, putting stuff out, right? Constantly expressing, which is, a, they're, they're both amazing. But I think like, for me, that that book has been like a big wake up call. And it's like, wow, like let's encourage people to like be the way that they are. It's like when kids are shy, when they're young, it's like, hey, is it, is it a bad thing? Or is that just the way they are? Maybe they're, they're brewing up something. Maybe they're going to bring out this like great invention to the world maybe they're gonna they're working on a special project that's gonna be like life-changing mm -hmm. you know so for me like that's that's not a yoga book but it is in the, in the concept that it's about like the psychology of an individual and and for allowing people to really uh learn about like the polarity of of being and, and finding a way to be yourself within that so that's that's one I would recommend if you're looking for uh, if people are looking for more yoga books I can always like give some recommendations but I'm kind of like I'm a kind of a yoga nerd like I've looked up there's a lot of different document uh, uh, not not a documentary I'm just thinking uh, like oh, I forgot the word like a, like a a book about someone's life biography biography yeah. just slip my mind there. So you can get, you know, I like to look look at like the stories of individuals, um, look at like people's ha routines in their lives to see like what what really works for other individuals and then finding, okay, well, like, what's the, the, the commonality, common thread. And I've also read like the reason I still drink coffee is literally a common thread that like these people, a lot of people start their day that have had influential roles in the world with a cup of coffee. And yeah, and it's like, you know, in, in a sense of like uh, yoga practice, it's like, it's always said to like, you know, coffee should be like watchful because it has like stimulating substances that can affect your mind. But for me, it's like, it helps me as an introvert to be a little more in expressive. And hopefully I don't like, I, I obviously develop right relationship with these things. So it's mm. like, you know, learning about the world, learning what works for other people and then testing it out so that's legit yeah going back real quick uh you talked about yoga propaganda <laughs> what is this yoga propaganda because to me it's just like you were posting video like is that an yeah no i i love i love doing it that's like that's like uh <laughs> you know for me like that's like my my art as well right mm -hmm. like i love that that was like a morning shot that one that you saw that was like probably one of my first yoga videos i've, yeah. I've ever posted yeah and obviously like like to put music to to 
to the video and figure out the timing and and then the lighting for that one is amazing because it goes mm -hmm. from from uh dusk till dawn like right in the morning and just like this you can see the sun coming as i'm practicing and so it's a you know it's it's a nice clip that was like four five six years ago yeah and i think that like you know nowadays like in in the niche land of yoga on like instagram it's all postures and it's all like like this thing of being um it with it working within the extrovert ideal to get yourself out there to begin to share something and for me it's like always about serving people sharing people and that's always not been like the natural quality like i like i said i like to I like to make the videos and I like like the high production because I'm always like refining it and always refining my practice and it's like when is it ready to share like do I have to do the post perfect when when is the right time and for me it's like always just been about like acceptance doing what I can watching my my creativity flow it's like I'm sure you experience it with the podcast they just get better and better and better like you said you're refining it each time yeah and for you me just try to do better yeah. yeah so when you know when I'm like here as a as someone that shares yoga like like i said service is a is a practice of yoga like doing mm -hmm. something in the world and and i use i use like the social media as a way to use that as like a hook to get people involved it's like hey you see a cool posture you're like hey i want to try that and maybe they begin to like say like see some other qualities that they like of yoga that mm -hmm. that can't be translated in 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 images or in video mm -hmm. like <laughs> if i posted a video of myself lying on the ground in uh shavasana which with my legs wide and my arms out like that's an extremely beneficial posture but it's not going to get a lot of likes on facebook yeah right yeah. so you you know you sometimes need to do the things that you you get the attention and then and then share a little bit of the 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 roots of what what the intention behind the posture is okay yeah that's chill any any other thoughts anything you want to get out there wait hold on yeah um just the encouragement that like you know for people that are new to like some of the stuff that we've been sharing here that you know all you can tell people is trust yourself, be yourself, don't think that, uh, and try to keep a broader sense of what yoga is to yourself and really know that it's about like being honest, trusting, being truthful, and then expressing and finding a way to express yourself that is in accordance to what you truly want to be. Because a lot of things in society come from. Uh, imposition of the environment on the individual and to for if every individual can take a little bit of time to really see what is important to them mm -hmm. I truly think that everyone wants to be happy and everyone wants to feel free and if we put a little bit of effort into understanding what is truly important for us to be happy and free you eventually get to a place where you learn to make yourself come in harmony and then that harmony will be able to be translated to other people so you create more um more harmonious society really 
Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my 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 work in this world and the way that I live my life. Learn to live the life you love and love the life you live. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, Bless so up. one day I'm going to come to Dar- Dharma Temple <laughs> and we're going to do some yoga basics or something. I just want to see what it's like there. For sure. Is that okay? Bring your stretchy tights. Oh, yeah. hey, do you <laughs> or have, not. Um, it's all good. Do you have a preference on what type of yoga mat people should buy? Like, what's the best yoga mat for all those yoga enthusiasts out there? Oh. Is there a best yoga mat? Or are they all the same? The best yoga mat? You know what I mean? This is not the this question is, I was expecting today. This, um, is, this is something that I bet you most people who are new at yoga maybe don't think about right away yeah but then they get a mat and they're like this piece of crap mat because they don't think about like certain aspects that might revolve around the mat itself like does it absorb the the sweat you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. like does it not roll after a while does it break after a while like what's yeah. the crappiest brand that you've ever come across and the most quality yeah yeah i would i would encourage someone to get something that if it's like that will encourage you to practice more. So if you need to like get a nicer yoga mat, cause I know there's some out there from like, you know, that are like $10 mats that will not last. And then you're not really going to, and if you don't have a good experience on it, you're not going to want to practice on it. So if you're feeling like getting involved and it, it's, you, but purchasing a, a better mat will encourage you to practice more. I recommend that. We sell some at the studio uh, that are from uh, my f- good friend Sam James, and she, uh, her her yoga mats are called Sam James Art or Sam James Yoga. You can check them out, and they just have like these like '60s tie dye print, and it's like they're fully biodegradable. And and we try to at uh, you know at our studio we try to make sure everything is like sustainably and sustainable and biodegradable and and really just look into what what works for you specifically and for uh that puts as little impact on the environment i think that's like for me something that's important and when you look at things like that it's like are you actually going to use it because <laughs> if you if it's low quality and it's cheap and you, you're not going to use it i don't know if it's worth it and then also if if you find something that is like fully biodegradable but it doesn't last very long and every year you're going to get a new yoga mat well it might you know these are questions that you got to look at sustainability as like why don't you get maybe something that can be recycled that but lasts maybe like five or six years right Mm -hmm. so okay yeah and cost effective like um is the more expensive thing always the best i don't i don't think that's necessary you don't really need much for yoga. I think that's like, you know, like a, a yoga mat isn't even essential. If yeah. you have carpeted floor, that's fine. If you like, if you're at home, carpeted floor, put a towel over top so you don't, you don't stain your floor with your sweat. Yeah. That's completely fine. But, you know, when you go to a studio, what I recommend is just like go to a studio, use what they got there, mm-hmm. figure, you know, see what Do works for you. they provide you with mats there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, real quick, do you guys do hot yoga there or no? We we don't do hot yoga, but it does get hot in the summer, so we just do it at room temperature. I think um, I like to develop the heat from the inside, 
and the heat is only one vital element of nature you know there's other elements of of water wind earth quality that live within the body and it's like you know hot yoga i i think it works really good to reshaping the body it's like it's like putting yourself into a a, a furnace yeah for to like shape steel well the steel is firm and stiff and then you put it into a furnace you get, it's easier to to make it a little more malleable right totally. reshape yourself and I think that works really well for uh, the physical body. But eventually for me, like becoming a meditative practice, um, I, like to, I like to practice in room temperature. Because eventually if you're doing something that requires your deepest attention, like this is, this is all experimental. You got to take a hot yoga class. For me, I first hot yoga class, oh my, I couldn't, couldn't even stay in That's the room. That's what everyone tells me. Yeah. But they don't let you leave. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck do you do? Yeah. What do you do? If you have to leave that room, if you literally can't stand, they don't let you leave. What mm-hmm. do you do? You just pass out? What do you do? You just got to like... Chill? Get very <laughs> humble. <laughs> Jeez, I don't. That's one reason why I haven't tried hot yoga is because everyone tells me like, oh, I just wanted to leave the room. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't like you're not allowed. And I'm like, they prevent you from leaving. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I get it. So you know? yeah, I don't really share hot yoga. I share uh, traditional Hatha Raja yoga, also okay. known as Dharma yoga, from my yeah. teacher Sri Dharma Mitra. He's been teaching in New York City for over 50, 50 55 years now. Mm-hmm. So I usually teach a, like a traditional practice in a modern context. And I like room temperature. I like people being able to like really be, feel clear in the practice. And I think that for me, like sure, the heat will help you shape your body, but but a clear mind will help you give you direction and the and the will to 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 shape your body anyways. So yeah. it kind of depends on what wh- how you want to approach it, right? Mm-hmm. And both are different approaches, and I think both should be experimented and explored and then you decide what works for you yeah i try to keep it broad you know i don't think that's that's my nature but i personally practice room temperature whatever 23 degrees or whatever maybe if you want it hotter 24 but hot yoga is 40 degrees so yeah see see what works for you okay yeah where's dharma temple at we're located on main street uh, 3283 Main, uh, uh, on the corner, on the, between 16th and 17th. And yeah, you can check us out there. We also have tons of online content. I got some, uh, good meditations online. You can check me out. Um, my Instagram handle on Facebook is Yoga Sina and offer lots of meditations. You'll be seeing some online classes up there soon. Uh, we do yearly teacher trainings uh, locally in Vancouver, also abroad if you're looking for more of an immersive quality. And to come out to Thailand with me, that's in no- next November, November uh, 12th to December 2nd. And yeah, what's if you that have... for? Sorry? What's the. It's a teacher training. Okay, yeah. anybody can go? Anyone can go. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's and like I said earlier, it's it's good for people that are looking to teach yoga in their own communities, wherever they are in the world, uh, and as well as people that are looking for like personal transformation or just like time away, and you want to make have a vacation where you're also doing something productive, working on yourself and reshaping yourself, because that's usually 
you know, yoga is a great, it's a great practice to, to create change and transformation mm-hmm. in your life and give you a different perspective on what you're doing. But also another quality of people's lives that helps them change and transform and give people a different perspective is traveling. So sometimes I like to combine the two. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I traveled on my own for the first time when I was in college, like first year college. And I was scared at first because I was actually supposed to go with a buddy. Yeah. We were supposed to go to Amsterdam for like two weeks. And then he bailed because he couldn't go for because of work. And I think I had already purchased my ticket, something like that. And I'm like, ah, like, what the hell? Like, what am I going to do? He's like, dude, just go by yourself. I'm like, and I dreaded it for like three days. I was in panic mode trying to see if someone else would go with me, whatever. In the end, I ended up going by myself and it was awesome. And I met so many amazing people. And actually, one of the people that I met out there, he's from Coquitlam, but I never met him when we were younger. And he went to Glen Eagle Island. We went to Pine Tree or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And um, yeah, I, I did couch surfing. So when this whole trip was planned... I realized how expensive hotels were. I'm like, I heard of couch surfing. I'm like, oh, I could save like three grand, two grand if I just stay at these people's homes. And then I have all this extra money to spend out and do things. I could take these people for dinner or whatever, right? I'm like, this works out better because I'm not with anybody. I'll have friends and they're local. So they'll take me to all the good spots, like, you know, the neighborhood niche gems, right? I did exactly that. I found a bunch of people, Rotterdam, Utrecht, uh, Amsterdam, and I just went to all those cities and I stayed with random people. One of the guys was uh, Ashkan, who's going to be on the podcast. He runs a website blog called Dish Tales, where he goes around all of Amsterdam and sort of photographs and talks about uh, rest, the restaurants and the foods and the chefs and stuff like that. It's really cool. So he's going to be one of, I think he's to do like number six or number seven of the podcast so he's going to be on yeah and I, I mean i made new friends for life i've been back many times since then like visiting the same people all that jazz it was great i love traveling on my own and i do recommend it to anybody who hasn't done it before because it was not only was it an eye-opening experience but i came back being like i'm so happy my friend couldn't go you know what i mean because there was all the ex- experience that was had that would not have been had, all these people met that would not have been met had I gone with my friend, you know? Yeah, that's right. Sometimes so, you need to just disconnect to yeah. find a way to reconnect back and, like, have that experience. It's like, let go of everything just for a period and then plug back into your life and see what see what's really changed. I just got back from uh, Berlin a couple weeks ago. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. why were you there just traveling or was it for yoga? Uh, I, w- I was offering a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my partner, uh, Brittany, shout out to uh, Rave Coach. Love you, babe. Rave Coach. <laughs> Much love. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we just went on a trip and mostly I was offering a few a couple workshops and some regular classes. I love teaching abroad. You always like, it's just a good experience, you know, just to, to share something that from their perspective is unique, but also the same because I'm really offering like what I offer is universal, but it's yeah. just like a different approach. So I always feel like the reception is so nice and um, 
love Berlin, love Berlin. You know, I've, I've been to Europe a lot. My mom lives in Paris and been to Amsterdam a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I just like fell in love with Berlin, looking to spend a little more time there. It's got a good culture and from the aspects of it's like history, from history, it's like in the, the Berlin Wall came down in 98. Like that is 20 years ago. That's not a long time before for it to come down. And it's pretty much the city's been, has a, tons of buildings that have been abandoned. Lots of people have moved in. So it's, it's just growing. It's like a new city within the center of, of Europe. Mm-hmm. That it's quite progressive in its, in its culture. It has uh, the birthplace of like the punk rock movement, which I think is like they are the yogis. They're like the rebels that stood up against like social norms and go up beyond that. So they have that, and like I'm just I love electronic music, and then the culture is just completely open, very um, yeah, just like progressive in in their own in their own way. You know, people mm-hmm. are looking to enjoy their life. And sometimes, like, we can gain a little bit from everywhere that we visit. And, and that reminder, you know, I value, like, North American culture because we're, like, go, go, go. The coffees are three times the size. It's, like, you know, we got the hustle down. But they have the, the, a, a nice place of, like, balance, right? And bringing, like, that understanding that, hey, it doesn't have to be one way. You can look at, like, the way that other people are doing, living their lives, and yeah, for me, it's just like a lot of openness with um, what's happening and like their, the yoga communities there and the, the, the way that people are looking to enjoy their daily life, the way that they enjoy like there's an openness with the nightlife culture where I find like in North America, it's like it's like frowned upon to go to go to a nightclub. Like you can't go to work and be like, yeah, I was just I was out partying till like 5 a.m. last night. It's like over there. It's like that's that's completely normal and that's completely fine. It's like, I'm enjoying my life as you should in whatever context it is. So totally. I felt there's a, there's a nice little openness and also a great place to visit for people. So yeah, I'll have to go there sometime. I haven't been. <clears throat> yeah. Spain kind of drove me crazy. I loved it. In a good way or? In a good way and bad way. Yeah. The times drove me nuts. <laughs> I didn't know this, but I guess... In World War Two, the Germans kind of got a hold of Spain, if I'm not mistaken, and then they changed the hours to German hours. Do you know this? Oh no, I have no idea. So okay, so it's it's in a diff- different time zone. Um, that's the thing. I don't know if the time zone is still different, but what they did was they aligned it with German time, and now. If you go to Spain, if you've ever been there before, if you go to the club at like midnight, it's dead. Yeah. If you go at 3 a.m., it's just getting started. Oh, yeah. It's German time. Yeah. And then (laughs) they end, like the party ends at like 6 a.m. and everyone goes home. Dinner, we would go have dinner at 6 p.m. It would be dead in the restaurant. They wouldn't have dinner until like 9 or 10 p.m. That's when the restaurant started filling up. Like, what's going on? Like, I didn't clue into it and i forget i forget if we found out someone told us or i found out after the fact that it had to do with uh the war and germany like i guess invaded spain i could be off in some of what i'm saying but i'm pretty sure that the outlying um the underlying uh issue was that germans invaded 
got a hold of Spain, changed it to German time so that the Germans there would just, you know, be more um, in Com- par. Yeah, yeah that's with, right. With the timing that's happening there. And then ever since then, it just stuck. Like, it just stayed yeah. that way. Because the the culture changed in that way, and then they didn't change back. They didn't revert back. So that was really interesting. But I loved Spain. Barcelona is amazing. I yeah. can't wait to I love that back. place, yeah. It's great. I got lots um, of... Uh, lots of homies out there so i love barcelona you know i i can really like say something about like the timing like in in berlin like most yoga yoga classes in vancouver a little bit earlier they had a a master class so it's like they're you know the big class of the day and in, in in berlin i i taught this two-hour practice which is you know a pretty long time to have a oh, class yeah. from 8 to 10 p.m which is unheard of uh, in vancouver yeah. yeah quite late and it's like the thing that you do before, I guess, going out on, oh, wow, on okay. a night. And it's like, for me, that was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a different way of doing it. Totally. It was, it, for me, it was awesome. It's it was almost just, opposite of. Yeah, we're here. It's like, you know, here I'm usually teaching like 7 a.m. classes, right? And there it's like this little late bloom and, you know, to each, each their own. And, and it's, it's nice to like see that things, things can be done different in different ways and like how adaptable are we as individuals it's like you get really really tested when you travel i i i think like that's why like for most yogis they always want to take the pilgrimage to india they're saying oh that's where the roots of it is let let me go learn on it but like in from my experiences like what you can get from yogic teachers you can find that nowadays like you that teaching those teachings are universal you can get them anywhere but it doesn't mean india isn't isn't a teacher itself that place it'll test you it'll test you you're gonna get sick Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to experience that it's gonna be hard to communicate it really pushes you and it's like the lifestyle is different you know you have to understand that like there's gonna be cows on the road walking (laughs) through and and it's gonna there's gonna be smells and there's different things that are acceptable Mm -hmm. and inacceptable right mm-hmm. and it's like it's so eye-opening to experience these things like, like how vast the world really is how vast cultures really are totally. like isn't that like yeah it's such a beautiful beautiful teaching so anyone's out there you don't want to go to yoga class go go to india go travel go anywhere else that's crazy yeah yeah india not on my list to go not at the top at least yeah but sure one day maybe any final words we could wrap this up for you um two hours 15. i think i'm good just love love to everyone that spent their time listening to this really grateful i think that i value uh people's presence more than anything so putting people's uh giving their time energy and we're we're doing the same for others so Definitely. Yeah. I'm thinking of all the people that know both of us in high school yeah. who haven't seen us in a very long That's time. That's right. Who are going to see this eventually. For and sure. Just be like, oh, all my friends in the COQ. Yeah. Lots of love. Represent. Mm-hmm. Before we go, last time, uh, Graham was here last time, Cutting Edge Nutrition. He brought some prizes to give away. I said if you comment Cutting Edge in the comments of the YouTube channel that you'd be entered in to win. And I I don't know how many people watched the video. I think like almost maybe a hundred or so, but only one person commented cutting edge. So Jared Good odds. Yeah. So see everybody, if you did not comment, 
if you did not win, you want to hit subscribe now. You want to comment next time because every time I have a guest that brings something, you have a better chance of winning it if all these other people aren't commenting. And the less subscribers I have, the more likely you are to win. And even if you win, so let's say we get to 200 subscribers and you win the hat. If we get to 300 subscribers, you'll still be entered in to win. So you could win multiple times, many times. And as Jared found out, he just commented he was the only one. Not that I care because somebody did comment. Mm -hmm. So Jared, you won yourself the protein prize pack. I'm going to send that to you um, and you will receive it this week or next week, depending on Canada Post because they're on strike. So props to Jared. Thank you to Graham who provided the prize from last week. Sino, thank you for coming. Hey, man, thank you. Any so happy words? to see you. This is your chance. Happy to uh, see you too. I'm good, man. Anyways. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's the end of the No Fun City podcast. Please hit subscribe, like, share, comment, all that jazz, and we will see you next time.